Hey guys, welcome back to the show and thank you so much for tuning in. Today we are going to be talking about Oprah Winfrey, the black billionaire who would like to lecture you about your white privilege. So I feel like Oprah is just one of those people who doesn't need an introduction, you know, because it's because it's Oprah. And as someone who grew up in the 90s, even though I was never a fan of hers, I still remember her TV show was everywhere. And her O Magazine, that was at pretty much every single grocery store or pharmacy. And I saw it on people's kitchen counters, their coffee tables, you name it. But still, it has been several years now since her talk show was taken off the air. So I'm sure at least some of you in the back of your minds might have been wondering, gee, I wonder what Oprah's been up to lately. Well, I'm here today to tell you that the answer to that, long story short, is diving into woke politics. Yeah, Oprah is back in the headlines lately, but this time she's making her whole spiel about left-wing racial grievances. Uh, I'm sure many, many of you don't know this, but actually back when Stacey Abrams was running for governor, Oprah did campaign for her, even going door to door for her. And Oprah still does do that whole Oprah's book club, book of the month thing, but now she uses that platform to promote different left-wing progressive books. Recently, we did a segment about how she was promoting the book America Dirt, which was very progressive, very pro-illegal immigration, but she ended up getting in trouble for it because apparently it wasn't woke enough since the author of that book was not Latino. But as USA Today announced recently, her latest Oprah's Book Club pick is even woker than that. We have this article here. It says, On Tuesday, Winfrey announced she had chosen Isabel Wilkerson's Exploration of Race and Hierarchy in the U.S., Cast, The Origins of Our Discontents, as her latest book club pick. In Cast, Wilkerson looks at American history and the treatment of blacks and finds what she calls an enduring unseen and unmentioned caste system, not unlike those in India or Nazi Germany, that is yet to be fully confronted. Winfrey cited the book in June, listing it along Robin DiAngelo's now infamous, by the way, guys, White Fragility and Ibram X. Kendi's How to Be an Anti-Racist as essential reads on racism. Winfrey has had an eventful 2020 from the start. As the article explains, her book club choice in January, Janine Cummins' new novel, American Dirt, set off a debate about the representation of Latinos in the literary world that also touched upon the relatively few Latino authors Winfrey has selected for the club. She's still hopes to feature more works by Latinos in her club, but for now she wants to, quote, focus on social justice and see where that carries her. As someone who not only hates racism, but also acknowledges that, yes, there has been racism in America's past, I, I still actually find it I don't know, let's say disgusting to try to compare that to what happened in Nazi Germany where millions of people were executed in a brutal genocide. But here is what Oprah Winfrey had to say about this book. You know, every book I've ever chosen for an Oprah's Book Club selection, I've done with care and with passion, but I don't think that there has ever been another pick that has been as vital as this one. This book, might well save us. Cast by Isabel Wilkerson is a must read for humanity. It explains why we are where we are in terms of racial injustice and inequality. And so many aha moments, your highlighter is going to run out of ink. 
She says caste is a disease from which none of us are immune, but we have a moment now to rebuild a world without a caste hierarchy, a world in which all are truly equal and free. And I believe this book shows us the way to that world. And if you are still not convinced that Oprah Winfrey has gone full social justice, then keep in mind recently she also featured Breonna Taylor on the cover of O Magazine. And I've got to say, of all the people that BLM likes to talk about, Breonna Taylor really is one of those where I agree, her death was not justified, and I think it represents a problem in the criminal justice system. Now, whether that problem is systemic racism, I think is up, to, up for debate, but still, she should not have died, and what happened to her was tragic. But here is what Oprah had to say about it. As CNN writes, Oprah Winfrey turned over the cover of her namesake magazine for the first time in its 20-year history to pay tribute to Breonna Taylor, who was killed in her own home by police in March. We can't be silent, she wrote in an editor's letter. We have have to use whatever megaphone we have to cry for justice, and that is why Breonna Taylor is on the cover of O Magazine. The September issue honors her life and the life of every other black woman whose life has been taken too soon. First off, can we talk about how just strange it is to feature yourself on the cover of your own magazine for 20 years time and time again? Like, if that's not narcissistic, I don't know what is. But in regard to Breonna Taylor, I think it would be a stretch to say that Breonna Taylor can act as a representation of just black women's lives being lost, considering that the circumstances of her death were just so far from the norm. Thank goodness it's not the case that black women are being gunned down in their homes, right? This, this is not something we see all the time, and I think that is why it has gotten so much attention. And to just really drive home the point that in Oprah's mind, the death of Breonna Taylor is all about systemic racism and not so much just bad police protocol that affects people of all races. On the cover of the magazine, she included this quote, if you turn a blind eye to racism, you become an accomplice to it. And this whole narrative of people being accomplices to racism, specifically white people, that's something we're going to see more of in just a couple minutes. Before we do, though, I want to tell you all about our amazing sponsor, Bambi. So if you're running a business, HR issues can kill you. Wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations, the list goes on. But HR manager salaries are not cheap. On average, they can cost up to $70,000 thousand dollars per year. But Bambi, spelled B-A-M-B-E-E, -E, was created specifically for small businesses. You can get a dedicated HR manager, craft HR policy, and maintain your compliance all starting at just $99 per month. With Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. Your dedicated HR manager is available by phone, email, or real-time chat. From onboarding to terminations, they customize your policies to fit your business and help you manage your employees day-to-day, -day, all for just $99 a month. That's the starting price. So month-to-month, -month, no hidden fees. You can cancel anytime. You didn't start your business because you wanted to spend time on HR compliance, so let Bambi help you with your free HR audit today. So go to Bambi.com slash Chen right now to schedule your free HR audit. That's Bambi.com slash Chen, spelled B-A-M-B-E-E dot -E com slash Chen. But back to Oprah. So some of you may have heard about something called the 1619 Project, which was started by the New York Times to try to draw more attention to slavery. Well, would it surprise you that new woke Oprah Winfrey has taken an integral role in promoting this project beyond just print? As, let's see, USA Today reports, Oprah Winfrey and Lionsgate are partnering with Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Nicole Hannah-Jones to adapt the New York Times' recent project, examining the 
the legacy of slavery for film and television. The 1619 Project launched in August 2019 in an issue of the New York Times magazine to mark the 400th anniversary of the arrival of the first enslaved Africans to the American continent. The wide-ranging venture examined how the impact of slavery shaped and continues to permeate all aspects of American society. Now, I do believe that slavery is an important part of American history, of Western history in general, really, and I don't have a problem with people learning more about it. I think we should all be better informed about what history has led us up to the current day. But what people have criticized the 1619 Project for is examining slavery through a Marxist lens. And actually, we have a list here of some of the articles that have been included in the 1619 Project. And just from the titles alone, I think it's pretty clear that that is exactly what is happening. Included in the 1619 Project, we have American Capitalism is Brutal. You can trace that to the plantation, as well as why is everyone always stealing black music? Why doesn't America have universal health care? One word, according to this author, race. Another essay included is how segregation caused your traffic jam, and of course, why American prisons owe their cruelty to slavery. It does not surprise me one bit that the new woke Oprah would obviously want to be part of bringing this project to new platforms like film and television, because why wouldn't she be? But next up, her latest project that has gotten people talking a lot over the past week is her new show with Apple TV called The Oprah Conversation. Now, unlike her previous talk show, this show is going to be focusing specifically on issues related to race and social justice. And it really seems like it has a strange format. From what I've seen, it's her and another Black guest lecturing or kind of talking to to these white guests about how to better themselves and how they can be less racist. Uh, we have a short clip here and let me know what you all think, but it just seems very strange to me. You all are the ones who are gonna be able to change the way your friends, your colleagues, your white family members begin to see racial injustice and racial inequities in this country. That's where it happens. It's gonna happen at your kitchen table and in your living rooms and in your soccer games and there. That's where it's gonna happen. Your heart has been opened and deepened to the point where you say, I want to be better. It just, it seems so culty to me and it's like how how much self-hatred can you even fit in just a single white progressive there seems to be no limit and it's almost like those white guests serve no other purpose than to be talked down to by Oprah and her other black guests because of their race. And I would feel bad for those white guests if not for the fact that they had volunteered to be there. They're just uh, as big a problem in this situation as Oprah is, especially reading some of the things that they have said and how self-loathing they are. It boggles the mind. We have this article from The Blaze about the episode that seems to be making the rounds on social media. It says, during the discussion, Winfrey spoke with her white guests who discussed their own personal come to Jesus moments in admitting that they too might just be racist. One man, Seth, told Winfrey that he must be racist because he's never been actively anti-racist. You've become woke during this period and realized in that awakening that you are racist, right? Winfrey asked Seth. I just want to know how that happened. Seth responded by admitting that he's apparently been a racist his whole life, but only now does he realize how. I was born in the 70s, he began. I was born and raised in Manhattan. I've always considered myself to be liberal. Now, I'm not only a friend of people of color, but also an advocate. But this movement over the last month has been powerful. I realized that I couldn't be not racist. I realized that I either was a racist or an anti-racist, and I wasn't 
I'm not an anti-racist. One other woman, Lisa, told Winfrey that she, a Californian, said that even she has unconscious biases that white people have. We've talked about before on the show how if you're a white person in the lens of progressivism, you suffer from the original sin of racism. That's not a new concept, but it does disappoint me to have someone like Oprah freaking Winfrey talk about it, right? Because I'm sure that Oprah Winfrey, having grown up in the 50s and 60s, absolutely has experienced not just racism, but systemic racism. I'm not arguing that. And the fact that she's a billionaire today, that is amazing. It is worthy of praise. I hold no ill will to her for that at all. But for her to look at the prejudice she must have experienced when she was a little girl and in any way try to compare it to what's going on today by saying that, yes, white people, you're all racist. It's like, really? Really? You've, you've seen no marked improvements over the past I don't know, 60 years in how people behave toward people of other races? Is that honestly what you're trying to sell us? Because I'm sorry, but I don't believe that not for a second. But uh, her guest, who was someone named Emmanuel Acho, Acho, he's apparently a sports player. You guys know I'm not. I'm not a sports person, but he is actually one of the biggest racists I have heard in a long time. So we have some quotes from what he said. According to The Blaze, Acho responded by pointing out that white parents should help bear the burden of solving racism. Here's what I told my friends with their white children, he began. I said, y'all live in a white cul-de-sac, in a white neighborhood, in a white city, in a white state. If you were not careful, your children will live their whole white life and at 26 to 27, they'll end up being a part of the problem because you just let them and allowed them to live a completely white, sheltered, and cultureless life. All right. Okay. Uh, I have news for you. A lot of people might live in majority or even completely white neighborhoods. That does not make them racist. And that certainly does not make them cultureless. Like what culture compared to what? Are you saying that majority black neighborhoods have so much more culture than majority white neighborhoods? What what ridiculous BS is that? That's like saying that because someone grows up in somewhere where there were a few white people, let's say, I don't know, certain places of Chicago, that means they are doomed to hate white people. That is not the case. And I think it's disgusting that this person who's clearly done very well from him for himself also has the same, it seems just seething hatred for white people. There's more though. He added, as a black person, white people, the proverbial phrase of white people, they run America. CEOs, Fortune 500 companies, execs, ownership, they run America. Not an individual white person, but collective white people. So that's one of the biggest problems I have with these racial identitarians and collectivists because they are so obsessed with racial identity and collectivism, they cannot imagine that other people are not, right? Because they have so much emphasis on their own skin color and because they apparently can't seem to relate to people who don't share their same skin color. They assume that everyone else might be the same, but I have good news for this Emmanuel person. Most people are not as racist as you. Thank goodness. And then he concludes by saying, I firmly believe that if the white person is your problem, only the white person can be your solution. Okay, so white people are a problem now, is what this guy is saying. This is just pure, unfiltered racism. Like, there's not even another term for this. This is just blatantly saying white people are a problem. You all run the country in your little cabal. I mean, this is like conspiracy level stuff. This would be flagged as hate speech, like, 
like that if it were said about any other ethnic group, but because it's white people, it's fine. And in case you're saying, well, oh, you know, all of this stuff, it's it's been said on Oprah's show by her guests, but it's not her specifically, just wait, because Oprah herself said some very, very questionable things in this episode and we're going to be reading them. But first, I want to thank our amazing sponsor, Ashford University. So right now, we're at a time where it seems like all courses are online. A lot of people who don't have the opportunity to do online courses, their educations have been put on hold. Well, enter Ashford University, who at this point are pros at online education. So Ashford University's online bachelor's and master's degree programs allow you to learn on a convenient and flexible schedule. At Ashford, expert faculty teaches you real-world skills from real-world experience in online classes built for life's twists and turns. You can learn from home or wherever you feel comfortable. You can pursue a degree in one of Ashford's 60-plus programs like business administration, healthcare administration, and psychology. With 24 have an access to your classroom, daily support, and financial aid available, Ashford gives you the tools you need to go from dreaming to doing. So go from dreaming to doing. Your bigger future starts today at Ashford University. There is no fee to apply or standardized testing required to enroll. Go to ashford.edu slash Lauren. That is ashford.edu slash Lauren. Again, ashford.edu slash Lauren so they know that our show sent you. And just FYI, not all programs are available in all states. All right, so now to the travesty of Oprah's brain, apparently. So according to the New York Post, in the episode... Not all white people have power, said one guest. There's plenty of poor, working-class white people. But I think that when we group all of white people together and we don't recognize the fact that there's a lot of white people that struggle, and it's a different struggle, as you mentioned, because they're not streaming upstream, let's call it. They continued, I think that if we're gonna come together and really attack racism and the inequalities there are in this country and in the world, that it's important to not group all white people. Very, very well said, and I think it should go without saying that if you're gonna try to tackle racism, it would probably be best to not start by just grouping an entire racial group together because that is, I think there's a word for it. Oh, that's right, racist. And you know, kudos for this guest, whoever it was for bringing up this point, but Oprah was just not having it as the article continues. Winfrey responded, there are white people who are not as powerful as the system of white people. The caste system that's been put in place, uh, using the language of that new book you've been reading, I see. But they are still, she said, no matter where they are on the rung or ladder of success, they still have their whiteness. The veteran broadcaster also said white people have a leg up. You still have your whiteness. That's what the term white privilege is. It means that whiteness still gives you an advantage no matter what, she said. I hear this all the time from people when I push back against the concept of white privilege. The fact that there are, you know, poor white people out there who have never been given a single thing in their lives. Like, how can you say that they have white privilege? And what people will say is like, well, they've never had their whiteness be an issue for them. And that is the privilege. Well, to that, I say BS, right? There are white people out there who've absolutely faced prejudice. And yes, I'll say it, even institutional prejudice. There are scholarships out there that are not available to white people. I mean, affirmative action is institutionalized racism against white people. And more than that, 
I was at a conference uh, done by, held by the MythCon guys. I forget who exactly said it, but one white fellow explained that in his upbringing, he was actually a minority at the school he went to. He went to a majority black school as a white person. And he talked about the racial prejudice he experienced almost every single day in that situation and how, according to the progressives, his experiences just didn't matter because he was white. And it's like, I believe I, I believe if you are willing to discount the experiences of someone just because of their skin color, again, that does make you a racist. And it is just, it's so hypocritical for Oprah Winfrey, who again is a billionaire, to talk to a white person or white people who will never in their wildest dreams experience a fraction of her wealth or success and say, yeah, but you still have your whiteness. It's like... How much do you think whiteness counts for when your home is being foreclosed upon, when you're being laid off, when your industry is being made irrelevant by automation? Like, how much do you think these people are really clinging to their whiteness? And the fact that she's able, Oprah Winfrey, that she's able to sit in her mansion and talk about these abstract issues with her other wealthy friends while there are people out there who, who are actually losing their homes because of the whole pandemic, it just speaks to how out of touch she has been become right and i've never been an oprah winfrey fan but we're actually we're reaching the level of just insufferable woke celebrity right now and i mean oprah winfrey has given a lot of money over the years to charity which i think is amazing but it's still like if you hate this capitalist american white supremacist system so much then why are you still here why are you still reaping the benefits from it because guess what her audience I would say it is majority white, majority white progressive women who I think are at this point just feeling bad about being white and wanting to give her money. Like, why don't you actually put your money where your mouth is? Give all of your money to BLM, right? Move to a different country, move to a majority black country where you won't be marginalized so badly with your mansion and all your dogs and your obscene wealth. It just, I'm, I'm pretty sick of these, of these rich elitists trying to speak to the experiences of the working class because they clearly have no idea. And it's like, yeah, Oprah did grow up poor, but she is so far removed from that that I don't think she even remembers what it's like to have to worry about money. And I have been happy, I'll admit it, to see how much pushback Oprah has gotten for these statements because I think most people are able to see how ridiculous the word privilege coming from her mouth is. But I would love to know what you all think about this situation. Do you think Oprah has any right to speak to the fact that poor white people might have more privilege than her, a black woman let me know but that's it for now thank you guys so much for tuning in and i'll see you next time